Welcome back to another edition of Every Step of the Way Bible Study Discussion Group. Um, a little more information about us. We're more of a discussion forum. A group of brothers that get together every Tuesday and talk about the gospel, share the gospel, share scriptures. And we tie it in with real life situations and, and try to make it plain. And, and hopefully everybody can relate to it. And, and we try to just bounce things off each other and make it make sense to to the average man or even a seasoned, even a seasoned person in the word. So hopefully you enjoy it. It's the group discussion everyone wants more of. The type of conversation people want to be a part of. We share the gospel, scriptures, and we talk real life situations. You've heard us and followed us on Facebook Live. Now you can watch us right here on the Vision Live Network. The wait is over. It's now time for the Hour of Truth. Welcome to the Every Step of the Way Bible Discussion Podcast. The Real starts now. Lesson God gave me 1 Samuel chapter 16. And um, I'm going to read the whole chapter in its entire. You know, you know, I'm going to jump around because I want to be able to, to do what, what God has given in the right mindset. I'm trying to catch you, Todd, so I can go live on Facebook with us when you go live. And, um, to that. Anyway, um, so going to 1 Samuel chapter 16, I'm, I'm going to jump around a little bit, but I, I want to start with some, with this is the story of David's anointing. And if I was to use for a title of the night, it says, when you don't look like your anointing and your anointing doesn't look like you. And, and what that means is that a lot of times we have been called for stuff that we don't look like. And be honest, it doesn't look like we're capable of doing. And mm -hmm. I want to read First Samuel in this matter. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, saying, I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thy horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king amongst his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul here, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with thee and go to sacrifice unto the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I'll show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint him whom I name thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, come thou peacefully. And he said, peacefully, I've come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me and sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his son and called him to the sacrifice. And it came to pass that when the, where he where, came to pass when they were come, that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not unto his countenance or to his height or his stature, because I refuse him. But the Lord sees not as man sees, for the Lord look upon the outer appearance, but the Lord look upon the heart. What's going on right here is that um, Saul was disobedient. He did evil. He did not follow the direction God gave him. And because he didn't follow the direction God gave him, God basically rejected him. He told him, you got to go. He, now he's sitting there, and Samuel's in mourning. Samuel had just rebuked Saul and told him he was disobedient, and God has rejected him, and the kingdom has been rent out of his hands. And now he's sitting there, and he's mourning, because he was the one that anointed Saul in the first place. 
by the direction of God. What's happening here is now God is telling him, I no longer have any dealings with Saul. And now I need you to go to the house of Jesse because I'm going to give myself a king. And what happens is that when Samuel gets there, Samuel sees the eldest son, Eliab, and basically falls in love with the, the look of the man instead of what's on the inside of the man. And so what we see going on right here is that Jesse's son uh, is paraded before him. And it goes through all of them. It goes down to Shema. It goes down to all of Jesse's sons. Seven of them pass before Samuel, and God rejects all seven. Funny sometimes that, you know, when we go places, and we think that the biggest and the baddest and the prettiest is the thing that God wants to do for us when in actuality, that ain't what he called us. A lot of looks good. We think that's what God has called us to. We think that's our blessing. We think the blessing is because it's the prettiest, it's the shiniest, it's the biggest, it's the baddest, it's the best. And it may not be our blessing at all. You know, a lot of times we can afford things. Um, excuse me. We can pay for things, but we can't afford a lot of us can go on a lot and we can buy that brand new Mercedes top of the line S class and, and, and get it because we have the ability to pay for it. But that doesn't mean we can afford it. And there is a difference in being able to pay for something and being able to afford it because you can make the monthly payment don't mean that that's what you're supposed to have because that thing may be a strain on you. It may put you in a place where it can cause some division, you know, cause you to miss something. You might have to pick and choose bills. You can still pay for it, but that don't mean you can afford it. You can afford it when you can pay for it and you can upkeep it. It's the same thing with our anointing. Can you afford what you are asking God for? Can you really pay the cost? The Bible says if any man start a mission, he must first count the cost. Are you willing to put that thing under subjection of God and see what it's going to cost? Not only him, but most of all, what it's going to cost you. Because it may mean that you have to give up something. It may mean that you have to wait on something. It may mean you have to stop doing something that you were doing that brought you enjoyment, that brought you pleasure. You may have to cut some things and some people off because of the fact that you can pay for it, but you can't afford it. And, and we see this thing happening. And when we go on into the story, all of Jesse's sons are rejected by God. Samuel looks on Lawson, he said, look, something ain't right. And he like, there's got to be another because God has rejected all of these. And, and this, is, this thing is important right here because Jesse said, um, and it says in verse 11, and Samuel said to Jesse, are here all thy children? And he said, there remain yet the youngest, behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. And listen to this description of David. And it says, he was ruddy and with all a beautiful countenance and goodly to look at. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. This is crazy. And the reason this is crazy is because the oldest always get the birthright. So it's by natural order, I thought, that one of the oldest sons should have been the one that got the anointing. But here it is, God rejected all of them and sent for the one that was in the field. Now, what is happening here is that we see, not only is David the youngest, but he's also the least valued. 
And it's yes, crazy he. to say that a father had more value of other sons than he had of one. But when it was time to sacrifice, he made sure to call all them but David. And if you look at it, every day that David got up to go to work, his daddy sent him into danger. Because he figured that's the one that if I lost him, it really don't make no difference. He's the youngest. He's of least account anyway. And if you don't believe me, it comes a story that David talks about the time where the lion and the bear came and stole one of the sheep. And he was by himself and he had to pursue him so that he could rescue the lamb. So he sent him out in danger in the wilderness to keep the sheep by himself every day. Isn't it something that sometimes we, we are the least of the, and the Bible says that the last should be first and the first should be last. And here's an example of that because David is the youngest and he's the least. He goes to danger every day. He's by himself and he keeps the sheep. He has the dirtiest job. He has the smelliest job. He has a job with the least report. And he has to go on and do this thing every day. And every day he did it faithfully. And, it, and it's cool because God brings him in now and anoints him. And the Bible says as soon as this David was anointed, Samuel rose up, but the spirit departed from Saul. At the same time the anointing fell on David, the spirit departed from Saul, and an evil spirit fell upon him. And they said, let our Lord, and, and we're going on to verse 16. What we see right here in the beginning is what David's family think of him. How many of you have taken accountability of what people say about you from your own family? When they say you ain't going to amount this, you're not qualified to do that. These are the people that are supposed to love and support you. But a lot of times you find those are the main ones that are talking you out of your vision. How many of you have walked up against somebody in your family telling you that ain't going to work? That that's not what you're anointed for. That's not what you're built for. You don't look like that. And that's basically what his family told him. But it's an awesome story that there's about to be a turnaround because when the, the anointing happened, the, uh, the spirit shifts from Saul to David. And it says, And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, now an evil spirit from God troubled thee. Let our Lord command thy servants, I mean, verse 16, which are before thee to seek out a man who is cunning, a player of an heart, and shall come to pass when an evil spirit from God is upon thee, he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servant, Provide me a man now that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is cunning and playing, a mighty, valiant man, and a man of war, who that matters and calmly person, and the Lord is with him. See how the contrast of what the people said versus what the family said? When you look at the beginning of the story, David is of least value because his family sends him out into the wilderness by himself to keep the sheep against the lions and the bad. So much so that when a feast is called, they forget he's even existed. And then as soon as the spirit comes unto Saul and they seek out, the first thing they do is look for somebody named David. And the Bible says that David came. And when David came, he played for Saul and Saul was sued. And because he played for Saul and Saul was sued, Saul made David his armor bearer. Because now he's no longer in the field keeping the sheep. He is now in the palace amongst the king's trusted servants. Because 
the description of him has changed from his family to somebody from the outside. Am I losing you or does it making sense? I'm with you. I got a I got a question though. Go for it. In in 14. Uh-huh. In 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 14 and through 16, it it talks about the evil spirit from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm. Can you clear like the evil spirit from the Lord? It, it kind of confused me when I read that. Because he said the Bible, God troubles no man and he tempts no man with evil. That, and that's where that it sounds like that's in contrast. What is happening here is now Saul is no longer under the protection of God. Remember okay. in Job chapter one, where he when see he asked Satan, Satan, does does Job fear for not? You have a hedge of protection around him. So I can't do nothing. Mm-hmm. While Saul was anointed king and in obedience, God protected him. He wouldn't allow anything in to touch him. When he removed the anointing from him, now Satan has the right to touch him because he is out of the ark of protection. He's out of the ark of safety. That's why we hear the scripture says it's an awful thing to fall into the hand of an angry God. When God removes his hand from you, that means Satan has all access. And so when they say from God, it means that God took his hands off of Saul. Now Satan has all access. So because God can tempt no man with evil. Right. But he will allow it when it suits his purpose. So that's what we see going on here. It's simply that he took his hands, uh, a hedge of protection away from Saul. And now Saul has to suffer the consequences of disobedience. Right. And he says, that that, uh, Samuel tells him when he tells him, look, I didn't kill all the Amalekites. I bought the best back for sacrifice. And he said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Disobedience is the sin of witchcraft. And God suffers a witch not to live. Let, now, let me. You, go, you no longer are under the ark. And he rent his uh, mantle. When he rent his mantle, the God, he said, God has now rent the kingdom from your hand. And, and Saul wept, sorely trying to figure out what he could do to get back in God's good graces. And there wasn't anything he could do. And now God tells him, you can't mourn for Saul anymore. You now have to go to the house of Jesse. And when you get to 6, 14 through 16, he is allowing Satan to come upon Saul because the head of protection is no longer there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm with you now. I got that's good. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up. Let me let me say this, Glenn. Uh the disobedience came in the 15th chapter. 15th chapter, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where 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 uh Samuel told Saul what the Lord had told him to utterly destroy. Mm-hmm. Utterly don't leave nothing living. And he did not. And when Samuel rolled back up on him and, and told him, this is 1522, this is on my card, this is on my, uh, this is my scripture. It's 1522, and it said, and Samuel said, have the Lord as great delight mm-hmm. in burnt offerings mm-hmm. and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams for rebellion this is for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft Mm -hmm. and stubbornness is as uh iniquity and idolatry because thou has rejected the word of the lord he have also rejected thee from being king come on now that's that's 15 and and we have to remember obedience I mean, I don't care how small the, the uh, task is, I don't care how big it is, 
disobey God is as witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And we have to we have to always remember that. So when 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 the spirit tells us to tell this person something, or tell that person something, or give this person something, or give that whatever the spirit tells us, and we don't, that's like witchcraft. Mm-hmm. So, so we have, we, have, we have to be mindful of that stuff, man. I mean, and the anointing, we could walk to the store in our own strength. We can drive to the store. But when you're under the anointing, doing God's will, your strength won't do it. Come on now. It won't do it. You have to have the anointing to, it's like they said, he's not going to, put no more on you than you can bear, and he's not going to give you no tag that he doesn't provide for. He already set that path. But we just have to be obedient to it because obedience is better than sacrifice. And you know people give all their great stuff but don't live a life with a nickel. They give all their wealth, but they don't live a life with a nickel. And you know that can't add up. We have to obey the word of God. Man, we know we're not perfect. We never will be. We understand that. But the word of God is still true, and it's still a whole power whether you do it or not. Correct. Yes, yes. And and that's the thing. Uh, you know, when he's talking to them, what he allows, Todd, is because of disobedience. And so when Samuel gets himself into that trouble, uh, because David, I mean, Saul, Samuel even tells him, when you were little in your own sight, you were good, but now you got the big head and you fall into disobedience. And, and that's the contrast that you see with David going on in, in 16 that, that we're going to see later on. Because we talked about it before. When it comes to sin, David surpassed Saul. But David had, Saul didn't have a repentant heart. He, 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 he had the, because he had the big head, he lost the kingdom. David would get in trouble and then put on sackcloth and ashes and pray his way out of it. Mm-hmm. Pray and pray. Saul didn't do that. And that's the difference. But what, but what I'm, I'm fixing on tonight is that a lot of times we are anointed for things, but because of the vision of other people telling us that we're not qualified, mm-hmm. that we're not quite ready to go for what God has given us to do. That's why I say sometimes you don't look like you're anointing you don't look like your blessing and your anointing doesn't look like you because right. when he was called Samuel's first thought was God anointed king must be beautiful because the description mm. is of Saul before he's anointed is one of great stature a uh, pleasant man to look upon big strong and so a warrior and here it is David it's the total opposite at his anointing he looks nothing like Saul Eliab stands stature to stature with Saul David is the contrast. He's the contrast of Saul. And so he doesn't look like his anointing. And to be honest, he doesn't like being a king, so his anointing doesn't look like him. Right, okay. And then, because of his abilities, because of his gifts, room is made for him in the king's palace that he's allowed to come in and play the harp when the king is in a troubled spirit. And because of his ability to have skill and play skillfully, it opens door for him. What does the Bible say? Your gifts will make room for you and oh, right. you before great men. Here it is, his gift to play. And the description that the servants give of him allows him access directly to the king. How many times did we use what God has given us as gifts and talents to get direct access to him? Mm-hmm. You 
where he is giving you your ability to pray to get to him, your ability to speak? Are you saying, okay, God, I'm going to let you have this because I want to have a relationship with you. So I'm going right. to use what you gave me and give it back to you so that you can use it so I can have access to him. A lot right. of us withdraw because we are afraid in our flesh that we don't meet the standard. Right, right, right. We don't believe we look like our anointing. Right, right. <laughs> we don't look like we're gifted. We don't believe we're gifted in that area. We don't believe that I'm called, you may be called to preach or teach, but no, I don't preach like T.D. Jake, so I don't preach like this guy down the street, so I can't do it because that's not my calling. And, and so you won't walk in your calling and, and you're missing the mark because God said, no, I need the unique you because the right. unique you will reach the unique people that I need you to reach. I don't need you to have somebody else's gift and anointing. I need you to operate in what I've given you. I want you to look like what I've given you. And when you start to understand that you look like your anointing, mm -hmm. doors will begin to open. Mm, yeah, that's good, go ahead. And so when we go on down and we keep seeing what's happening, what's going mm. on is down, Saul has called David and David becomes his armor bearer. And that's important to know because something's gonna happen in, in chapter 17 that's gonna set all this into motion. And mm -hmm. what happens is that the Philistines gather together, verse one, to go to war against Israel. And all of Israel have gathered and they pitched the tent and the, and the battle array against the Philistines in the Valley of Allah. And in the Valley of Allah, the Israelites are on one mountainside and the Philistines are on the other side. But there's a big old giant sitting directly in the middle of the valley and he talking trash. <laughs> he talking trash. How many of us have seen giants in the middle of our valley? <laughs> yeah. Trying to get to the next level. Go ahead, somebody heard somebody. Mm -hmm. Amen. We, we, right. We're trying to get somewhere and we're trying to get this job, but there's something on our record that we can't get past. Right. Um, you want this job, but you don't have the right education. <clears throat> you don't have the right qualification. You don't look like the proper type of candidate because your hair isn't the right way. Or you have too much facial hair or you know, these things come into play that cause us to be separated from what God is trying to get us to because they have now become giants sitting in the middle of the valley of what we're trying to get to. And so the Philistines have come to war and Goliath is standing in the middle of the valley and every day he comes out and he challenges children of Israel. Now, David is not at the battle, even though he's the king armor bearer, Jesse has sent for David back in verse, in chapter 16, and Saul has allowed him to go back to Jesse. But Saul is now at the battle and he is there. And they're sitting on the mountaintop waiting to go to war, but all of them are scared of Goliath. The Bible said for 40 days, Goliath appeared at the same time every day and challenged them. If there be a man brave enough, let him come down to fight with me. And if he prevails, then we will follow him. But if I prevail, you will follow us. For 40 days, nobody in Israel moved because they were afraid. Right. Here it is. Jesse saddles up his horse with some cheese and tells David, go find yourself to the captains and see how the war goes and check on your brother. And when he goes, now understand, Jesse had no problem sending David into danger because he sent him out into the sheep field every day by himself. Mm -hmm. 
He is the least of Jesse's son until he's anointed king, and now he has a position in the, in the king's palace. And so he ain't got no problem sending him to the battle because he already knows that, uh, that something is going on. So he sends him on. And so when it died, check Prentice's mic, make sure his mic is, is live. I think mine is gone too. No, we, I can hear you. Okay. And so um, we see what is going on. Now David comes up and he runs up on one of his brothers. When he runs up on one of his brothers, he hears Goliath's challenge. And when he hears one of the challenge, he goes up and he says, what will be given unto the man that meets this challenge? And they told him, a king's daughter and his house will be free of taxes and he will be given position as the king's son-in-law. And so when David says it, his, his brother lashes out at him. He said, why you come up here? You came up here to start some stuff. And David turned around and said, why are you mad at me? I, I'm just telling you, why are y'all afraid? If God with us, we ain't got to be worried about the Philistines. Right. And he ignored the, the challenge of his brother because his brother still discounted him, still had no value in what he was or who he was or the anointing that happened before his eyes. He put no prudence in it. He, he, he said he'll never be anything. He's always going to be my ruddy little brother. He ain't on a mountain or nothing. I'm not even going to worry about it. You need to go back to the daddy and keep his few sheep. And David refused to hear him and turn around and ask somebody else. And when he said, I'll go, they brought him before Saul. <laughs> and it's funny. Give me a second because I had it and then my phone went down and I had to, I lost it. Anybody got any questions why I, I found the scripture again? Anybody any comments? I think, I think this ties into to what Jerome was talking about and what we've talked about last couple of weeks mm -hmm. about like cutting dead weight yeah. and, and, and making it, making hearing the voice of the Lord more, more realistic and more possible when, because everybody is not going to support your anointing, especially when you start talking about it before you actually start moving in it. So mm -hmm. I, I can see how that ties into that also. You know, and, and what I love, what Jerome does, Jerome makes it for the plain man. And, and making it for the plain man, you may make a decision for God. You may decide that I want to I see what these dudes are talking about. I want to come on the other side. But then people start getting in your ear. And they're mm. telling you, no, nah, you don't look like that. That's not you. You, you still party too much. You still go to the club. You know, that, what I love about the story is David is anointed king, but he didn't take the palace yet. Mm. He still has to walk this thing out. He still he's anointed king. Samuel has anointed him. The kingdom is here. It is assured, but he ain't in the palace yet. He got to wait some years before he gets into that palace. Forty, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, you see this happening. That when we make a decision for God, you're gonna get people to telling you, "Nah, man, you ain't ready for that. Don't go over there." But you have to say in yourself, "I'd rather." It's a decision you have to make. Nobody can make it for you. You have to see value in yourself as a person that wants to come to God. You're putting it in, as Jerome says all the time, in layman's terms. Once you make that decision, then you have to find a way for you to find people that begin to talk to you about you like the, the, the servants talked to Saul about David. That says you can make it. That this is in you. That this is possible. You just have to find somebody to help you along the way. And, and because we see it in you. We're gonna hey, Glenn. You. Go ahead, Prentice. 
No, what I was going, to, what I was asking earlier, um, you were saying about you know Jesse was sending David out, mm-hmm. you know, cause sending him into danger all the time when he's sending him out. But what if it was that what Jesse meant for one thing, it was actually training David up for Absolutely. what was to come. Absolutely, I, I was going to get to that because mm-hmm. where we're coming right here when it says and Saul. And, and uh, in verse 22, uh, 17 and 22, and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight, for thou art a youth, and he has been a man of war since his youth. Saul is now telling David, you ain't qualified because you too little. All right. This is what qualified. Jesse sent him into danger every day. But this thing that David says right here lets you know that he had been trained for what he was about to come to. And David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, every day my daddy sent me out to danger. Mm-hmm. And there came a time that that danger was real, because there came a lion and a bear, both ferocious in their own right. And they took one lamb, and I left the rest of the flock, ran them down, took the lamb out their mouth, and then when they rose up to come at me again, I took them and I slew them. He said, basically, I've been in danger all my life and I've survived. Yeah. I've been going through all my life. How many of us have, have, outside of this journey, inside of this journey, have been going through and you still survive? All right. Mm-hmm. One obstacle after the next obstacle and you still here because of uh, your testimony. David I want to add something that Prentice said. Go ahead. I, wanna, I, wanna, I would like to add something that Prentice said. Prentice said, "Was just training David to be that? I don't think I don't think David was actually training David to be that because he wanted to present his other seven sons. Mm-hmm. But I think unconsciously, yes. right, Jess was training David through the guidance of God to be mm-hmm. what God already had chosen David to be. Could you imagine that David being sent out to danger every day?" And still being faithful enough to go, even though he knew it was dangerous. Mm. Never questioned his father. Never talked back. Never said I was afraid. Just always went. Mm. And like Jerome is saying, unconsciously, Jesse is training David to be the king. Didn't even understand it. And then when Saul, the king, tells him, you ain't able to fight this giant, he tells him, I'm qualified. This is why I'm qualified. I not only fought one giant that was bigger than me, I fought two at the same time. And I, I got the victory. And today, this uncircumcised Philistine is going to be after one of them. I've been trained because I go to danger every day. I see danger every day. I go out and I have to keep the sheep from the wolves, the lions, and the bats. This is what I do. This is what I've been trained for. In contrast, Saul tells him, but he has been a man of war since his youth. You just a youth. You're a little boy. But since a little boy, he's been fighting. David basically tells him, so have I. All my life, I've had to fight. I've had to fight. That's what he's telling him because of what position I held in my father's house. I'm the youngest. So my older brothers beat up on me all the time. 
I'm the smallest, so they bossed me around. But them pushing me around and putting me, gave me muscle memory, gave me the ability to understand how to stand my ground, how to keep my balance when some something bigger than me came at me, how to parry when they when they lunged forward at me to, to avoid blows. And, and this is what they were training unconsciously, like Jerome said, not understanding that all the beatings he took as the little brother the, of the one of no account was training him to be the king. And when Samuel got there, he looked at all of them like, these are all perfect. And you don't want none of these guys? There's got to be another one, Jesse. Where, where's, where's the, your, all your children are here. Where's the other one? That's mm -hmm. yet the youngest. And when we see what happens, when David tells Saul, I'm qualified, and Saul puts his armor on him. Remember, David is Saul's armor bearer, so he knows what Saul's armor feels like. Mm -hmm. He knows the weight of it. He knows what it's made out of. He knows how to handle it, but he has never put it on. And mm. when it's put on him, he realizes that this is not my anointing. <clears throat> this doesn't look like me. This is mm. not what I fight with. This is not my weapons of warfare. I can't go to battle with your anointing. I can't pray the way that Jerome prays. Or I can't quote scripture the way the apprentice does. <clears throat> I can't hold conversation and captivate audiences like Todd. I don't have a stage presence of George. That's what he's saying to Saul. I can't go to battle with what fits you. I got to go with, makes, with what I've been trained with. All my life, I've been trained with a slingshot. So I got to go to battle with what I, has worked for me because the, every day when I went into danger, into that field, I carried this with me. Mm -hmm. And when he goes up and he stands before Goliath, Goliath mm -hmm. gets upset. He said, what am I but a dog that you will send you? Of all the men in Israel, gallant, big, beautiful, strong, mighty men of valor and war, your king is of a certain stature, big, brawny, ready for war, and they send you, this little thing, up against me. The Bible says that his, his uh, spear was of a weaver's beak, nine-foot spear with the point made of brass. And, and iron. That thing was huge, probably about 11 feet from tip to, to the bottom. And mm -hmm. there he is standing before David, nine feet, six inches of a man against somebody five feet tall, four mm -hmm. foot in difference, looking at, up at him, telling him, why are you coming out here? Israel must be crazy. They must be ready. They must just go ahead and just bow down because I'm going to kill you. And the Bible said David told him, that you're going to die today. It's, it's your oh. turn. And when he told him that, Goliath charged him. And when Goliath charged him, David took out his rock in a slingshot and stuck that rock between his eyes. He fell dead. Took out Goliath's sword and cut his head off. That's right. That is something that when you fight in your anointing, that you are better equipped for the battle, no matter how big the obstacle is. Right. You can't worry about the size of the giant when you know what you're equipped with. If it's on the inside of you, then there's nothing too hard for you because you got God on the inside because he's equipped right. because of the gifts he's given you from the time you were anointed in your mother's womb. If you don't believe you're anointed in your mother's womb, then you go back to Jeremiah. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I sanctified thee. I ordained thee. I had intimate conversation with your future and told you who you were so that when you came out, you would walk in time, walk in your anointing. David was created to be king of Israel. 
to give God the glory that he did. He even told them that it would come out of Judah. And then he tells the, us that the king, the, the, the Christ will come out the loins of, of David. And so we see what is happening here is that when you are anointed for a certain reason, you may not look like it at the beginning because you don't understand why you've been chosen. You don't understand why you've been picked. You don't understand being outside of, of not being saved. What is piercing your heart trying to make you change? Because there's an awakening happening on the inside of you that's telling you, you, this, you you're created for something greater than this. Don't just stop right here because you've been positioned to be something bigger than what you are. A lot of us fall short because when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we disqualify ourselves because we start speaking over our lives what others have said about us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. When the actuality that other people may be actually saying the opposite of what you say about yourself, trying to get you in the presence of the king because the anointing that's on your life is preparing you to see a place that you are eventually going to occupy. It's because David was anointed, but he wasn't king yet. But the palace Saul lived in was David's house. It just had to come to pass. That gives credence to the scriptures that you will live in houses that you did not build. Yeah. You will reap from land that you did not sow. That's what he's telling you. You are going, I want you to have such an anointing. I'm, you're going to work at a company you're about to be president of. Come on. <laughs> That's what's happening. I'm, create, I'm giving you an, uh, a bird's eye view into your future, showing you. I want you to be in the presence of what you want to replace. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have been missing it. That's what we've been, we've been put here for. We see the obstacles as putting us or disqualifying us when the obstacles are actually creating the, the muscle memory in us to go forward so that when we are in the right uh, uh, time and space for God, that he will move, put us on the forefront, and the oil of the anointing will flow and the kingdom become ours. And then we sit there under subjection, learning, so that when we learn at the appropriate time, now I can make you pay. Yes. Again. You're preaching, man. That, that story, that story has always fascinated me. Mm -hmm. And and the slingshot really, the slingshot really always jumps out at me. When, think about the error and, and that time. You know what I mean? In, in at that time and that error, his statue plus the slingshot. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It 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 points straight to his face be, because no one no one going to fight a giant mm. with a slingshot. All the weapons of war at that moment, but because of the training, his his faith in, in Christ and mm -hmm. the slingshot because of the daily day with the slingshot. But when mm -hmm. I hear the slingshot, man. You know, saws and, and and arrows and axes and stuff. And his he, his faith wasn't waver with the smallest, weakest weapon to us, to, to man, yeah. to, to man. It's no way you're gonna say, "Hey, man, I'm gonna get my slang shot up and go tell this giant." No, it's just when you look at it from that perspective, all the weapons of choice. If I was stuck and ran into this Goliath with with the slingshot. Would my faith would have would my faith stayed the same nine feet six inches and mm -hmm. and, and, and he got so I saw it 
the slingshot just resonates with me so much. And you look at look at the credence of the slingshot. If you look at it, the slingshot represents, as you say, our faith. What do you have faith mm-hmm. in that you go to war with? Is it prayer? Mm-hmm. Is it reading the word? Is it fasting? Because the Bible says our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down a stronghold. Mm-hmm. But it lets us know that what we're going to, my slingshot may be how I pray. What I believe God, how strong is my faith? Because I'm going to face a giant and the weapon that I have may not be the weapon of choice, but may be a weapon of convenience. He had all the weapons presented to him because he had Saul's battle array, which right. had all of that in it. But he told Saul, I can't go to war with this because I haven't proven them. They have not shown me that I can trust them. Ooh, good God, that'll preach right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, those weapons haven't shown me. See, how you go to battle, Saul, I can't go to battle like that. Right. Yes, sir. I, I, my giant is different from your giant. Even though we're looking in the valley and we see the same man, how we see him is in two different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. You see him as nine feet, six inches tall. And I see him as an uncircumcised Philistine, just like right. the rest. Yeah. You see him as a giant. I see him as another obstacle mm. that I got to slay for God. That's good. That's good. And and that's how we got to look at some of these things in our life that that are coming up against us. Mm -hmm. Are you allowing it to be nine feet, six inches tall? Are you looking at eye to eye? Yes, sir. And and that's the thing that that God wants us to understand, that we have been equipped with a slingshot of our anointing. And if we operate in our anointing, there ain't a giant we can't slay. Because if we look back to our lives, that weapon of warfare has got us through every time. Right. My God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Jesus. I'm there like Brother Todd. I love that story. I love that about David and Goliath. And one of the things I also like about that, it was said that when Goliath stood up and came close to David, yes, remember sir. Goliath had whole armies running from him. Yes, Men uh-huh. And it said that when he came close to David, it said David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Little oh. small David didn't go backwards. He ran at that sucker. He ran right there. He wasn't afraid because he knew God was right on his side. I mean, that's something that, that's why the word says the righteous is bold as a lion. Right. When the oh, wicked man. flee and nothing chases you. Mm-hmm. The wicked flee when nothing is even chasing them. And the word says that the righteous is bold as a lion, just like David. David wasn't even king yet, and he ran toward the enemy because he wasn't scared. And now we should all be there because all of us, at some point, whatever it may be, have a Goliath in our life. Yep. Whether it be health, whether it be finances, whether it be family, your job, it can be anything. We all have something, some type of obstacle that seems like as big as this world. And we got to face ahead on. We got to know that God is on our side. Like it says in Psalms 118 and 6, that the Lord is on my side. Whom shall I fear? What can man do unto me? And we have to remember that no matter whatever we're facing, because we all got our Goliath, just like what the song said with, with uh, uh, what's his name, when he made the song that giants, they do fall. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. Hallelujah, God. We mm-hmm. all have those giants that we face, no matter what it may be. Because as soon as the doctor tell you that you got cancer, then all yeah. of a sudden, depending on who you are, then fear might hit your heart. Cancer is not a death sentence. There's too many testimonies about how you beat cancer through the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, God. 
Yeah. There's too many people that give glory and praise to God for beating cancer. When a lot of people get that report, they give up. They fold up. They just go back in their shell like a turtle put his head back in the shell. You can't do that. I get it. It's scary. I know that's hard, whatever the case may be. But we got to face these giants head on, just like what David did. And don't run toward it. You, God, man, don't run from it. You run right at it because you know on, that man. God is on your side. Good gracious. It, it, it's something to the code. The Bible said that he took five stones, but he only Come used on. one. Yes, sir. That's yes, sir. One. <laughs> My God. Because David, David understood something very important. I killed this giant, but there may be other giants I got to fight. Amen. Right. So, Come on now. Yes, sir. And so I can't I, just use the one rock. I, I need a right. backup. Yeah. So it might cost a little prayer and fasting. Amen. It, it, it might cause a, a little uh, giving up and sacrifice. And, and the Bible said that Goliath had four more brothers. He had brothers. He had brothers. That's right. He had brothers. Yeah. So he that's had why he took four more brothers. So that's why he took the five. I never, I never understood the five smooth stones. Why he took the five stones, but now thank you for clearing that up. I never, I never that's understood up. because if you if you knew it and you're not you don't have a great understanding of scripture, it'll it'll point you into doubting. You know what I'm saying? It'll make you question why his yeah. faith at the moment. But that let, that let, clears it up for me. Everything. What happens is when he slays Goliath, he takes Goliath's sword. He cuts Goliath's head off. And that's the sword David carries to battle with him for the rest of his life. My but God. there comes a time that David is in a battle and a giant is about to kill him. And Joab steps in and kills the giant. That's Goliath's brother that was about to kill David. And then they tell David, you can no longer go to war. And that's why he ends up at the palace and finds Bathsheba. Oh, because okay. he's no longer allowed to go to battle because Goliath's brother almost killed him the last time. That's good. That's good. So that's how mm, he ends up at is. the palace. And so it's a reason why we think it's, it's, it's minimal. It has no testimony and that he took five, but he only used one. Goliath got four more brothers, but then he's also understanding that I might have to kill this Philistine and the rest of the army might not keep their promise and follow us, they may charge me and I might have to take out some more people until I can make it back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. And that's why I say sometimes you may have to use that one rock for praying and another rock for fast. Amen. That's good. Correct me. I think it was one brother out there. Well, you know, I mean, uh, what all OG said he slept no. on a bed of iron. And if I ain't yes. mistaken, that dude was yes. 13 feet tall. Yes, I that's the line See that? Oh, my God. 13 <laughs> feet. Jesus. At least the bed was 13 feet long. <laughs> <laughs> so we know that, that when we kill one giant, that means that we got to stay praying and fasting, keeping the Amen. weapons of our warfare so Amen. that we be prepared for the other giants that are going to come. Because they're going to come. Yes, sir. So David made sure I, I got one for this battle, but I need some backups for the battles to come. Amen. So it ain't gonna end here. Now I, I gotta go back and I gotta go present myself to the king. And, and we got the victory now. And then Saul brings him to his house, but because of the report. Because remember, this is all about the description of David. Saul has killed his thousand, but David has killed his ten thousand. Ten thousands. Saul got jealous. And that thing and that thing angered Saul. Oh my. 
So now you, every time we go to battle and I come back, you've killed your thousand, I killed my 10,000. Bible said, David's sitting in the room with Saul. All of a sudden, Saul picks up his spear and throws it at David. David don't say nothing. He gets up to lead the room. So much so that as he tells Jonathan, I'm going to kill him. Jonathan tells David, my father desires to kill you. And you got to go. So you got to understand now, he has faced Goliath. He has gotten the victory because he's anointed. He didn't look like his anointing when he started. He was just a ruddy shepherd boy. And his anointing didn't look like him because that's the kingdom of Israel. They didn't look alike. But because of his confession, he began to look like what he was going to walk into. His gifts began to make room for him. And God allowed him to see what he was about to come into. And when he walked before God, never touching the Lord's anointing, David had on the run from Saul, had chances to kill Saul. I've, I'm not mistaken, at least five times he could have killed Saul. That's but right. He, he took a lot right. of his head. He took his weapon. He took something to let Saul know I was dead. Yeah. But touch not the Lord's anointing and do cut my prophet. Cut off a piece of his skirt. Say, I could have yeah. got you. Skirt, yeah. Took, it from took yeah. something from him to let him know I was this close. I could have got you anytime I wanted. Let peace amongst us. And Saul mm. would promise peace and then go to war again. So David had to face Goliath on the battlefield, but then had to fight in his family until Saul died. And mm. then had to fight his son. This, this, this is what you got to understand is that there's an anointing on the inside of you that you right. have been born with that is preparing you for your destiny. It us to awaken that inside of us so that we can develop it so that when we walk before the giants in our lives, regardless of what our family say about us or what we are facing, even what the giant says about us, we know because of our experience that we got the. And that's all he's trying to show us tonight is that no matter what you think you look for, at the beginning, you may not look like what you call to, but in the end, you get the victory through Christ Jesus. And that's the thing that I want us to understand is saved men and unsaved. An unsaved man, when he comes to Christ, is awakening that anointing that's on the inside of him. And when you awaken that anointing, get somewhere with somebody that can sharpen your anointing. That can, the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, so does the man sharpen the confidence of his brother. Right. I love having these conversations with my brothers here and in the street. Right. And I want you to understand tonight that what God is saying to us is that we have to awaken our weapons of warfare. There are five smooth stones in your bag. Be ready to go to war with them. My God. Mm. Trust them when you use them. Stuff. I'm done, Ty. Hey, hey man. Hey, Glenn. Whoa. Hey, man. I, when you sent it to me, when, when you sent it to me and I sent it to everybody, I, I read it. I normally kind of wait, but we usually do that on Sunday or whatever. So because it was yesterday, I read it immediately. And the slingshot didn't resonate to me until the night, but but the slingshot, man, when you start thinking about that and, and then you tied into faith, man, that's huge. When you when you mm -hmm. look at that, man, you fighting the, I'm going to fight a group of dudes. I ain't taking I ain't taking no bat when I know them dudes got guns and knives. Uh -huh. I'm not taking I'm not running out there with my bat with five dudes. This is the equivalent of that. But when you add that faith component, wow, man, that's good stuff. That good mm, stuff, man. Right, Anybody bro. got anything else before we do these shout outs and take away? We got some time. We got a little time. Hey, man. And it show you also what Saul 
what he was trying to do with David, another way how he tried to kill David. I think when David was going to marry Saul's daughter. The first one. So David figured, I got a way to get him, Saul. I got a way to get him now. He wanted David to go into the enemy's camp and to bring back a hundred foreskins. How about David went back and came back with 200? Because he just knew when he went in there that he was going to get killed. That's what I say when God is on your side. Woo. To you, man, because guy, because he knew that that was that was a suicide mission that he sent David on. Come back with a hundred foreskins, and yeah. Saul came back with two hundred. David came back with two hundred of them, and whatnot, and then not a scratch on it, and whatnot. Because God was inside. You talking about the definition of humility? This man tried to kill him several times, and he stayed faithful to that man yep. until it was his time to be anointed king. And remember, at the end, when he said, when the young man told Saul to fall on his sword and kill himself, David still got so upset and had his man to kill that young man that said that he helped Saul kill himself. Yep. And you would yep. think that a man that's trying to kill you, think you would be glad that he upset. But David was so upset. Because remember, Jonathan also died in battle, too. But right. the, victim, the man that tried to kill you, you had that young man killed because he helped Saul. He said, how can you do that? My God. You came against God's anointing. Still called him God's anointing after what they, after what Saul tried to do to him. And, and, and talking about having humility to your enemy, that the Bible said that God rent the kingdom from Saul. That means none of Saul's descendants had any access to the mm. kingdom. But because of the covenant David made with Jonathan when he became king, he sent to Lodabar from Mephibosheth. Come on. Yes. yes. Because yep. he said, is there not yet one alive for not Jonathan's sake, yep. for Saul's sake? Mm. And the king remembered, Mephi and the servant said, there is yet one from Saul's house who is lame in his feet. His name is Mephibosheth. He is in Lodabar. Mephibosheth came and he identified himself as Goliath. <laughs> Am I such a dead dog that they sent mm. one to you? And Mephibosheth says, what am I but a dead dog that the king shall have me at his table? My God. Mm -hmm. It's all about what you say and see about yourself because those words have power. They come back. They, they come into comparison and contrast with each other so that we see that the Bible says every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's the right. Was that for which it was. I got a question. Glenn freezing up real quick. Is it possible to outrun your anointing? Come on now. Do you think it's possible to outrun your anointing? You cannot outrun your anointing, but you can try. Because what you're anointed to do, God in the season is going to accomplish it. Anointing simply means power. Yes. You choose to use it or you choose not. Because when it says that anointing destroys the yoke, the power destroys the yoke. Mm -hmm. you're anointed, that means that you have power for the situation that you are in. So when you find yourself in a situation, you check your anointing. How do you check your anointing? What do you believe? How much faith do you have? Right. Giving unto every man as a measure of faith. So when you are testing your anointing, do I believe I can actually accomplish this? I cannot outrun it because I am going to find that I'm going to be put in a situation where I have to choose to use it or not. So you can't outrun it, but you can make a choice to use it or not. Okay, next question. Um, understanding what anointing is, is it possible, do, do we attain anointment before salvation? 
Do we change a non? The power is there. And to be honest with you, the option of the whole of of the anointing is what causes us to seek salvation, because it's that power that causes that awakening in up on the inside of us to let us know that there is something that I'm supposed to be doing, and I got to figure out how to do it. So when we look at David, David had the anointing before the oil actually flowed. How do we know that? Because God told Samuel, "Go to the house of Jesse, for I have prepared myself a man." So he was already anointed and chosen mm -hmm. before Samuel got there with the oil. Amen. And then God allowed everybody else to see the anointing when the oil began to fall. So Amen. yeah, you can be anointed without salvation, but the anointing will lead to greater salvation, right. to greater faith, to greater understanding because the anointing destroys the yoke of bondage. And when you allow that power to destroy the yoke that keeps you separated, of what God is desiring you to have, then you see how much anointing you have culminated with your faith that allows you access to whatever you need by the power which working in you through Christ Jesus. Mm. Amen. That's good, That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Anybody else? Anybody got else before we do these shout out and take away, man? It's been a been a really, 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 really good night. I didn't know what direction he was going to go with it, but he definitely hit a grand slam, man. That was some good stuff. Hey, I, I, I just want to uh, thank the Lord for, for using Glenn tonight. Tonight, Glenn, the anointing was resting upon your shoulder. Yes, Lord. To speak his. And tonight. You lay, you laid out a tape. Well, God used you to lay out a tape, yes. mm. a speech. Yes. And man, you uh, you encouraged me, man. That's the Lord. I, I really needed this. Thank you, Jesus. And I just thank God for using you yes. in a mighty way. Not only just, I'm not saying this to, to lift you up in kind of way, shape, or form. I'm thankful God used you. But God gets the glory through you. Yeah. Being a vessel, humbling yourself under the anointing, under the power of God, we've seen tonight the manifestation of the glory of God through mm. your. Bless the Lord. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Just, the truth makes such a difference. Mm. What might no entertaining you are sharing the living, delivering the truth to the body and mm. to, to within us, each and every one of us, and all those that are watching. Power. Bless it. <laughs> Amen. Good stuff, Brother Charles. That's good stuff. Um, Brother Johnson, you got any um, takeaways? I know I just messaged you, but uh, if not, Brother Darren, I know you've been having uh, some technical difficulties. Man, yeah. I don't know what's going on with this thing. Kept kicking me off. Uh, uh, glad to be back. I was a little under the weather, man. I appreciate you checking up on me, Todd, but I'm, I'm back at it. Yeah, uh, I'm glad to see everybody, glad to be a part. I didn't want to miss another week. 
uh, from last week. But uh, but brother Glenn, man, great stuff, man. Great great point of view on, on David. David is probably one of my favorite people in the Bible. Um, but just to have a different perspective and understanding uh, of it is making me gonna go back and reread and. And, and get a better understanding for myself. So great stuff tonight, man. I appreciate yeah. all you guys. God bless, brother. Stay Good safe. Good job, Dan. Good job, man. Yes, Love sir. you, man. We'll Glad you're feeling better, man. You know, yes, guys, a couple guys asked me, hey, when we say there's a brotherhood, it is, man. You miss a week, ain't, nobody ain't too concerned. That second week, they, they <laughs> check it. <laughs> they definitely, they want to know where you're in. That's, man. Nah, I, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate it so much, for real. Oh man, definitely, definitely, man. Good job, good job. Love you, brother John. How you brothers doing, man? Hey man, welcome hey, back, bro. Man. Hey man, <laughs> I appreciate all your brother love and concern for me, man. I was gone for for a while there, um, man. Uh, awesome word, uh, brother Glenn. That's a Glenn, man. Good to hear God use you like that, man. And you know we give him all the glory that use because you know. We all the brother Glenn, we thank you for the vessel on tonight. God bless you, man. Full of honor of God and and all that. But what really, what really I took away from it to penetrate my heart because for several months, man. Romans is Romans 8:30. It says, and, and when you get a chance, I started with uh 25, what 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 uh Romans 25. When I was thinking about what Glenn was saying about David, how David was set apart, you know, but 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 God, but it says this, it, it was just so powerful to me. It says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined. Mm-hmm. He conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among mm-hmm. and those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. And then 31, what shall, what then shall we say in response to this? If God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, So I thought about what David, everything that David did, he already knew what God had done for him. So this wasn't no problem for him. Come on now. This wasn't no problem. Is, and he probably said, is there anything too hard for God? Come on, huh? <laughs> yes, sir. Is anything too hard? My, my you know, because it's almost like you know how we do. My dog bigger than your dog. <laughs> so he ain't got no dog in the fight. But the thing also, man, it really touched my heart because when you're going through something, if you got God on your side, who can be against you? Come Nobody. On, Nobody can be against you. And I don't want to leave this with y'all. It says, when we consider these unbreakable links in the gold, golden chain of redemption, the conclusion is inevitable. If God is for us in the sense that he has marked us out for what himself, God has marked us out for himself. So we were predestined. We were also sanctified. Sanctification means set apart. God yeah. set us apart for what? His use. Amen. And it goes on to say, then no one can can be successful against us. The omnipotent is working on our behalf. Guess this: no lesser power can defeat His program. If you in God's program, can nobody defeat the program of God? 
Amen. Amen. I'm a little fighter. I, I love I see. Hey. <laughs> love you, my brother. That that was powerful tonight, man. You know, yes. God, God, when, when, when God began to speak to us, through us, man, it's a powerful thing. It's a powerful word on tonight. God yes. bless you, bro. Think about, I, and Glenn, you touched my heart because when I went into my church, in my hometown, in my church, and 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 uh and and the pastor dress scout, I never get it. He said, "We're gonna pray with Reverend Clap." Man, those people look back at me. And said, "What is this? What is this thing here?" Come on now. <laughs> but they it. look at. Me. I mean, he, but we ain't no different. He looked. He they said, "This dude right here." But when I opened up my mouth, it was something totally different. Come Amen. on, now. Amen. Come on. And it was a lady that was sitting in the audience. Her name was uh, Miss McCullough. And she told me when I was a teenager, she said, boy, you are going to be a minister. You are going to preach God's word. Amen. We never know what God is up to. You don't look like what, Glenn? You don't look like you're anointed. You don't look like you're anointed. You're on. Amen, brother. Hey, hey, great stuff, brother George. Um, real quick, in um 2000, 2008. Me and my ex-wife was at um, we was at IHOP, uh -huh. and they had some tables packed, so they put us at the, the two little tables, and then the two little uh -huh. tables, but they real close. Uh -huh. It was an older couple, older white couple, and the lady she 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 grabbed, she touched me on my arm, and she said, "Sir, can I take <laughs> can I can I speak with you for a few minutes?" I'm talking, I'm so sure, and uh -huh. she said, "Your voice and the way you speak," she said, "If you're not a minister." You're gonna minister many people right. in the near future, in the future, right? Uh, and me always being respectful, I you know, thank you. And I'm and, when, and they and they end up leaving, right? And and my me at this time, me and Angel is preparing to go on missions. Like we in the process of paying, and they we had like some uh garage sales and all that to raise money to go to Honduras. So I I've, I got saved in three, so it, it shouldn't have been foreign. But think about like the way I received it. I'm like, man, them people crazy. Yeah, right. Like, them people crazy, man. And 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 look, look where we at. Look where we at tonight, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. Look, look where we. I'm, I'm not in a pulpit, but you know the word we we sharing the gospel, man. So yeah, same kind of story. Good job, good job, brother Prince. Great job, Glenn. You know when you, you hear stories over and over again, and you're always able to pull something out of the story. Right. Bless the Lord. Yeah. Um, never thought about the five stones. Right. right. And, and David had four. He hit out David. Goliath had other brothers. David That's was true. preparing mm -hmm. the way he needed to prepare. Right. Already. So that great job. I really appreciate it. Amen. Appreciate the word. Amen. Good job, friend. Good job. Love you, man. Love you. Uh, Brother Dakota. Amen. Bless the God, mighty men of God. Amen. In order for God to continue to always be on your side, we can never be separated from Christ. And that's why I love also Romans 8, 38, and 39. I am persuaded. Right. Neither death nor life. And see, as for me, and death in 2015, I lost my mother, but I was not angry with God. Come in on, 2019, man. I lost my one and only brother. It was two of us, my older brother. I lost him to cancer. Mm -hmm. Four months later, my daddy passed away. 
I never got angry with God at one bit for all uh -huh. of that. And uh -huh. that's why the word says neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let nothing separate you from the love of God, no matter what comes at you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> David didn't do it. A man tried to kill David on several occasions, and Come he did on. not separate <laughs> himself from the love of God. Come if on. he can do it, neither shall we, no matter what comes at us. God bless every last one of you mighty men of God. Bless your man, brother. Love man. You. Good stuff, brothers. Good, good stuff. Love you. Brother Charles, you got anything else? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to, to hey. digest this truth that we heard tonight. I mean, it was so, mm, it was good, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that just to be right. saying, you know, when you hear the truth, mm -hmm. Somebody can, can can break that truth down and serve it up. Jesus. Uh -huh. That's hey. life. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. And we all, and we all have a David on the inside of us. You know, I'll sit here wondering about myself. What has God prepared me? to take down, what right. giant God prepared to take down? What giant has God called you guys to take down? Amen, amen, amen. And, 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 and <laughs> you, 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 you're talking about that, that those, those stones, man. I mean, I, right, you right. Know, if you go in the wall, man, you, you want your you want your biggest and baddest weapon to take down the enemy. Right. But God chose a stone. Now that don't make no sense at all. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Out of all things, a stone. <laughs> a stone. Man, you need a javelin. You need a sword that's sharp. I mean, you need something. To take this joker down, but and David had enough faith <laughs> hard to go up against this giant with a a slingshot. <laughs> Come on, uh. <laughs> how you going to war with a with a slingshot? But David, mm, he had that relationship with God. Yes, sir. Trusted God. Charles, I, I just I heard God say something just now when you said about a stone. He said, but he went to bar with Jesus, who was the stone that the builders rejected. Come on. There we go. All right. He went to war with Jesus that the stone that the builders rejected. So even he understands the battle going to battle with a stone. My God. That's right. That's the word. They rejected the stone. My God. Good stuff, mm. brother Charles. Good stuff, brother Charles. Dirty Bird. Hold on, man. I don't know why you keep calling me Dirty Bird. It's Georgia Dogs, okay? Georgia Dog. I'm sorry, man. Good luck. Hey, I want to share something with everybody over here because I'm a little confused. Is your Can your anointing also be your calling? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I asked that, I think I only shared this with Todd when my sister-in-law passed away. Um, you know, the family get up and they do their remarks. My mm -hmm. remarks actually turn into part of the service. <laughs> then the odd part that happened was the number of people that passed away that weekend, we couldn't lay her to rest until the next day. Me not, nobody, everybody got me doing everything. Me not thinking, didn't tell her brother-in-law, which is his, her brother-in-law, which is the minister, hey, we need you Sunday because we're going to lay it at rest on Sunday. Because I got the call, say, hey, take the body back, body needs to go back, stay, go back to the funeral home. We could be back, pick y'all up at 1130 Sunday. Well, no one was there to do the committal, the benediction, or the intimate. Who end up doing it? Me. All right. Next thing you know, <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> Saturday, oh, up, until that, up until the night, man, I got so many text messages. Everybody like, you know, you got to call it. And I'm like, I don't know what y'all talking about. So when I think someone asked, can you run from your anointing or can you run from your caller? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I had a brother of mine. He's, he's like a brother. Him, him and my wife grew up together. But my last name was Witherspoon. He used to come to the same church I come. Um, I sat in the back row. He sat on the back row. In the past, <laughs> he's saying, somebody out there got a calling. And you've been running for it for almost, I think, I'm 51. Nikki is 48. Mm. You've been running from it for almost 10 years. I never knew who he was talking about. Couldn't find out. He was talking about Witherspoon. Mm -hmm. So now I'm getting these same text messages. I'm getting these, like the day I was at work, guy called me. Like, who is this? I don't, whole bunch of odd people calling me. And they're like, hey, I was at your sister-in-law service, man. Hey, I just want you to know, I got your, I got your number from your brother-in-law. I say, yeah. I say, what? I mean, what's going on? Oh, man, you, you got to call her. Because next year, I've been telling everybody, man, what her mom was trying to tell the kids. You got to know Jesus. You got to know him. You, you got to get to know him. Right. And it, you know, I, I got everybody calling and texting me like, you know, you, you, you got it. You, it's up to you. <laughs> so I, I'm just sitting up here for the last two weeks. And dealing with a situation last week, one of my cousin guys um, went to the gas station, man, and got shot. And he's still on life support. But hmm. dealing with that, man, and talking to his mom, and Jesus. I call her, I call his mom my mom. But she's working right. back with me, and she be like, Billy. I say, yes, man. I say, yeah, mama. She say, it's on you. I, I, I don't know what you're waiting for. I'm like, mama, put it. <laughs> talking about she said the calling is there i said but um i, I don't know what you're talking about so I, i'm it's like when someone asked that question can you run from your calling you can run but i'm gonna tell you right now you can't hide all right and i see myself doing things different now I mean, I'm talking to people different. I'm actually interacting with 
my grandkids and my coworkers different because man, you walk up to me early in the morning. I'm just getting out my truck. Hey, Billy, first I, I looked at you. I said, "Don't this you so so so." Now I'm like, "Good morning, brother. How you doing?" <laughs> what, man, what, what, what is going on <laughs> with me, man? It's a change on the inside. I I, myself. Amen. Can I this? <laughs> that's good stuff, Dirty Bird. That's good stuff. Hey, just keep, keep, that's that light. You know, I, I'm big on that light, man. That, and, and as you keep growing in Christ, our anointing always become clearer. Right. As, as we as we grow in Christ, our known to become clearer and our purpose become clearer. Right. That don't mean that don't mean we're going to necessarily step immediately into it, but it becomes clearer. Now, now the direction that you need to take that has to take place. But you no, know, keep keep growing. I'm so proud of you, man. I, I you share a lot with me. And I can see your growth, man. So good job. I'm proud of you. Love you, brother Robert. Not looking like your anointing. I remember we had the first family day, family day at the church. And, and the family that was in charge said that it's your cousin is coming to preach. And I can tell you, he didn't look nothing like what came out of his mouth. That's why you hear me say he preached from the raptors, doc. Listen, he know he know always giving his flowers. Listen, Brother Glenn. I don't know how many other folks heard you preach before, but brother, I learned so much from you. I think you preached there twice. And man, listen, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I love you, brother, and thank you for the night. Thank you for the night. Listen, don't, don't allow you to get caught out of your anointing. If the anointing has left that place for you, then you leave. You got to know that. Just as Saul was going through all that with the evil spirits after the Lord took his anointing and gave it to David, yours is the same way. When he's gone from that place and the Lord says, it's time for you to move on, and you think it's so good, it can't be. No, it's time. It's time for you to go. So so I'll always be in tune to your anointing because when it's gone, your power is gone. Like Glenn said, that's your power. And you, your strength will never complete God's mission. And you're not strong. It'll never happen. So stay in tune to your anointing. And I'm going to say this one scripture. And, I, and God bless you, brother. St. John, 13th chapter, 35th verse. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Amen. If you have love one to another. God bless you, brother. Good job, good job, brother Robert. That's good stuff, man. I love that scripture too. One of my favorites. Good job, love you, brother Josh. Um, awesome job tonight, brother Glenn. I, I appreciate that word. It's, it was an awesome word, and thank you for letting God use you. Um, first off, I don't know if I said it last week. I want to address something. I love y'all, each and every one of y'all, from the bottom of my heart. I want to make sure Tuesday don't go by that I don't tell y'all that. Um, Love you, brother. But just listening, listening to, to David, it's something like he figured it out, and it was just so easy, don't it? Put on your blinders and, and follow God, and everything will be all right. Mm -hmm. Just trying to figure out how I can be more like David. Ooh. <laughs> hey, that's good stuff. Hey, that's good stuff, man. David, David, 
David is who I go to when I, well, hey, David didn't get it right. He repented a lot. And, but God said, this is a man after my own heart, man. And that's, and that's what I love about it. Good stuff. Brother Jerome. Hey, good job, Night Glenn. Um, my takeaway for tonight, everybody has spoke about a lot of other stuff, but I just thank God that he doesn't look at my appearance and he judged me by my heart. Yeah. Get your hearts together, brothers, because we can't fool God. Right. Amen. No matter what we do, what we say, how we act, right. he looks at your heart and he knows your intentions. He knows you on the inside. He doesn't right. care about your outside appearance. And Amen. Like, thanks, Glenn. I appreciate it. That's all. That's I word. Hey, that's strong. That's strong right there, Jay. Short and sweet. But it had a lot of weight to it, man. Because we know he doesn't look at the outer. He doesn't see what everyone else sees when they see us. And right. so that means he sees our heart. Mm. Good stuff, Jay. Uh, before I turn it over to Glenn, man, awesome lesson tonight, Glenn. Awesome, awesome lesson. I had a chance to um, fellowship with Brother Dakota and Brother Robert Saturday, yeah. man. We did a neighborhood um, community <laughs> cleanup, man. And, and bro, let me tell you, I'm big on serving. We I talk about it all the time, bro. We talk about we talked about Jesus almost the whole time. Mm-hmm. She she Amen. prayed before we started. I think That's she right. prayed in the middle, and she prayed at the end. Eighty percent of what we talked about was Christ and the Holy Spirit. Man, 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 you, man you man you can't beat that with your man. brothers and sisters in Christ on a Saturday, man. It was so. Man, time went by so fast, man. We just had a great time, man. I'm so, I'm so, so appreciative for those guys, man. Anytime I ask, they dare, and I love them, man. And they so, they, they like, <laughs> they like two out of the three, uh, three stooges, man. They really are. Right. <laughs> to spend time with them, man, and see them going back and forth in, in love now. It's, it's, it's love. It's awkward from the outside, but I know it's all love. And right. so, man, I love them so much, man. I love all of you guys, man. Who would have thought? Let's go back real quick before I turn it over to Glenn. Try to imagine it's 1995 or two, even 2000. And right. all of us did our thing back in those eras, right? The night, the days that we thought about was Friday and Saturday, right? Friday and Saturday. It's Tuesday, Wednesday at work. Uh-huh. Got to get my outfit Thursday, get ready for Friday. Now, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, man, my thought process is I can't wait to get to Tuesday. (laughs) Who would have thought that Tuesday night would have been like really significant in our lives? Just think about it like that for a minute, man. The first every step of the way was on Saturday morning. We knew quick, we knew almost (laughs) instantly that Tuesday, Saturday morning, wasn't gonna work, and me and Jerome McGlynn basically just came up with Tuesday night. And for almost two years, Tuesday night been extremely important to all of us. So, man, I love you guys. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you, man. Every step of the way, every Tuesday night, man. To me, it's been extremely. It's been a extreme lifesaver for me. I can honestly say, every one of you guys have said something to lift me. Mm-hmm. To lift me, and that's important because because a lot of times people go in the tank because of that that one reason. They don't have somebody in their life that can lift them. Charles did it today. Charles right. did it today. Like you know, this is a real thing. The love on here is really real. So love Amen. you guys, brother Glenn. Take it home. 
Hey, uh, before, yeah, before Glenn awesome. speaks, I got some prayer requests, Glenn, before you do your thing, so I know you're going to go right into it. Um, my two daughters, uh, Jamaica Good and Michaela Austin, both of them had COVID within the last the last week. I called one of my good friends today, Reginald Wicker. He had COVID. And then I talked to one of my other friends, Thomas Wise, and his wife. She's dealing with some um, some medical issues, and she got a CAT scan on Friday. So I want you to pray for all of them, Glenn. And also, um, you know, I'm, I'm living in Baltimore, but my heart and soul is in South Carolina. South Carolina's been hit hard with that COVID bug lately. And I want to pray. I want you to pray for all of South Carolina. And uh, I just found out Tiffany has it too. So definitely keep her in prayer. Amen. Amen. You know what, man? I bless God for the opportunity to come before you, brothers, man, and to share this word. It was just, it resonated with me. And it's just so awesome that you said now almost two years, God has just been pouring into us. Right. Through us. Mm -hmm. And letting us know that we're greater than what we saw ourselves at the beginning. It might not look like our anointing, but we are. We do have the power to do this because we come together, we humble ourselves, and we unify as brothers, and we don't allow that to separate us. There's no big I, no little you. We love each other unconditionally, and, and that's such an awesome thing, man. And I, I bless you guys. Mm -hmm. You know, Jerome inspires me to study more because of the way he studies. Amen. I, yeah. I pray more because of the way Dakota prays. And the thing is, I get deeper understanding because how Charles gets his hands into the word and, and, and rips it apart. The, yeah. the, um, the open eyedness of, of that, that uh, John, Jonathan uh, and Joshua share, where they, they're looking, trying right. to get more, and the tenacity that Ty has, man, it just it has been just more and more. Darren's yeah. ability to go deeper and deeper and bring out things you don't even think about has just right. inspired me these last few weeks, man. It's really awakened some more things inside of me to, to get myself to teach deeper. And, and I, I know that I'm going deeper because of the things that you guys pushed me to do. You know, yeah. Prentice, Prentice has an inquisitive heart. He goes in and he, he takes it apart to see right. what this side, how this ties to this. And then how each one of us has a different gift that I have seen that has really resonated at me. So I want to thank you all for being that for me because it really has helped me grow. And I thank God for it, man. I thank God for the opportunity to come before you brothers because of the power that each of you bring. Amen. And I, I just bless God for it. Josh, you, your um, wife is getting ready to be blessed. She's getting ready to walk in the suburb. My God. So you let her know that God, God has already gone before her and prepared the way. Amen. <laughs> when you receive it. Yes. When, you, when you popped up the last time, I saw your wife being blessed. So I, I thank God for it. And you let her know, I, I'm coming to see the babies. Uh, <laughs> if I got the hog tie y'all, I'm going to put them, put them books in the baby's hands. Yeah, but, uh, yes, sir. We're gonna get it done. I want to. I want to meet her because I really. Is she close to you? Oh uh, no, she's upstairs putting a little one to bed. Oh, amen. Well, we, well you pray. Well, I'm pray, and you be her proxy because you are a husband. You are one flesh. So I'm gonna pray over her, and for uh, as I pray for everybody else because uh, she is ready, ready to walk into something. It is a blessing. She's ready to walk into. Amen. 
But God, you heard the prayer request of these your people, God, how Jerome is coming on behalf of the father, coming on behalf of his children, a friend coming on behalf of his brother. And God, he called each one by name, God. And we ask right now that you hear, God, what the man of God has spoken in the atmosphere, Father. How Father, you hear his word as he prayed. And now we touch and agree with his prayer, Father. We ask right now that you touch Sister Tiffany, God, in a way of healing, God, to let her know that you are with her even on this journey, Father. And Father Jonathan, uh, Josh's wife, God, we ask right now that the blessing that you have prepared for her, you just told us, God, that you're going to go before her and open door, prepare a way. But God, give her the courage to walk in faith, knowing that you now are using her as the stone to slay the giant. God, mm. we thank you for the word that has gone forth tonight, God, and how you open up our understanding. We ask God that you increase our understanding. Let us harden in our heart, God, that we might not sin against you. And Father, at that time that you choose to use us, God, let us use it for the upbuilding of your kingdom, that we share it with our brothers and sisters, God, and they must ask, what must I be saved? God, you've given an auction on Billy right now, God, and we ask right now that you continue to walk with him on this path, God, open up his understanding. And Father, when he asked you, God, the path to go, Father, and he put his hand to the plow, let us strengthen him, God, and go with him before, God, let him know that he's not by himself. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you how you're adding to the kingdom, God, such that shall be added. And Father, we ask as a testament unto you that you continue to be who you are, God Almighty. Put all yes. things in subjection under your word, Father, and let the truth be known, God, by those who are seeking it. We ask, God, that you continue to heal, deliver, and set free like never before. This world is asking, God, for a healing, God. And you said in the last days that all of earth will groan for the coming of the Son of Man. And Father, we ask right now that this state, South Carolina, God, that has been hit, with hurricanes and yes. earthquakes and this disease called COVID. Father, we yes. know you are the ultimate healer and you can heal. We thank yes. you for the healing yes. right now, Father. We give you glory on the praise. It's in the master's name of Jesus Christ, we do pray. All in agreement, say amen. 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 Hey, real quick, real quick. Um, bro Brother Charles, next Tuesday is on you. If you want it, I wanna, I wanna kind of like have a person that's designated and a person who's also prepared in case that person can't make it. So mm -hmm. brother Charles, if you want it, it's on you. And then brother, brother Jonathan, you'll be in the, um, you'll be on, on in the spot on deck, on deck. If he can't, if he can't make it, I'll text you when we get off here. So we'll be on the same page. Y'all have a blessed week, blessed weekend. Love you guys. Love, Love you guys. Love you guys. Love you guys.